Respected elders, brothers, friends, and those that are listening over the various social media platforms, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If we have to take a moment and contemplate and ponder about the Holy Quran, there are many things that will run through a person's mind. But most prominently, as believers, we have the fortune of boasting that our divine scripture is unparalleled. The likes of this Quran has never ever been revealed unto mankind before. Now there are many ways that we can tackle this, but allow me to share with you one such telling story that not only demonstrates that our Quran is a divine masterpiece, it also highlights the extent with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected and will protect and preserve the Holy Quran until the day of Qiyamah. Around a century ago, the late 1800s, early 1900s, a group of Christian scholars had come together. Their mission, objective was to collect all the Bibles that were prevalent at that time. And they wanted to do a sort of comparative analysis. After years of study and research, the conclusion that they came to was they found 200,000 contradictory narrations and discrepancies in the Bible. 
We fast forward a few years later. A group of Muslim scholars had just then established a Quranic Institute in Munich, in Germany. And their goal, their objective was to replicate the very same research but on the Holy Quran. And they began their research. It took them three decades. By 1933, they had collected 43,000 photocopied manuscripts of the Quran from around the world. And shortly before World War II, they published their report and their conclusion. What was it? Not one single discrepancy or contradictory narration in the text of the Holy Quran. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Verily we have revealed the Quran and we are the ones who are going to protect the Quran. When that Hafiz or Hafidah is memorizing the Quran, when that little child who goes to Maktab is memorizing the Quran, in reality they are not the ones who are memorizing and making hifz of the Quran. Allah has handpicked them, Allah has selected them to be part of His army who will protect and preserve the Quran until the day of Qiyamah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Inna lillahi ahlina minal nas. Allah has family from amongst people, special associates. Who are they? O Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. He says, Hum ahlul Quran, ahlullahi wa khassatuhu. They are the people of the Quran. They are the special associates and bondsmen and bondswomen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from time to time for the guidance of humanity, he sent Anbiya alayhi salatu. And every Rabi that was sent was sent with a message and with a miracle, a blessing with which he could convince his people that the message that I bring to you only convincing is not only the truth but this message is the means of your salvation not only in this world but in the Akhirah as well. Dawood was given the Zabur. Together with the Zabur, he was blessed with a beautiful voice. When he would recite and make tasbih, the mountains would echo, the birds would chirp along with him. Isa والسلام, was given the Injil. Together with the Injil, he was given the ability to cure people with a mere touch. Musa والسلام, he was given the Torah. With the Torah, he was given the ability to fight against magicians and sorcerers. When we study the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, there was no miracle that was given to a Nabi prior to me except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave it to me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us those miracles in the form of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encapsulated a sample of, of every Nabi prior to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Holy Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recite Surah Al-Falaq Qul a'udhu bi rabbi al-falaq recite Surah Al-Nas Qul a'udhu bi rabbi al-nas recite these two chapters and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was cured from a minor form of sihr and black magic Isa alayhi salatu wa salam he could cure people who were sick Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he asked the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, the hadith is lengthy. How did you know that Surah Al-Fatiha is a cure? In fact, one of the names of Surah Al-Fatiha is Ash-Shifa, the chapter that is a means to cure. In fact, the entire Quran is a cure. 
وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Over and above that, the Qur'an is not only a source of cure for our physical ailments, it's a cure for our spiritual diseases and ailments that lie within the hearts of men. وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ So if Isa could cure the sick, if Musa could fight against magicians, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't deprive us of that miracle and that blessing, Allah gave it to us in the form of the Holy Qur'an. On one occasion, the great reciter of the Qur'an, Qari Abdul Basir, Abdul Samad, Rahmatullahi Alayh, of Egypt, he was asked a question, and the question was, have you experienced any miracle with regard to the Qur'an in your life? So he gave an account of himself, the incident is quite lengthy, but he says, at one point in my life, I had the opportunity of traveling with the then president of Egypt, Egypt Jamal Abdul Nasr. Because the president would frequent, uh, he was invited to go to Russia. So the president would frequent the Soviet Union and Russia at that time. And he would engage with his communists. And if they would invite Jamal Abdul Nasr to communism, to atheism. So he says to himself, let me take Ari Abdul Basit on this trip with me to Russia to show the people the beauty of the Qur'an. So in one of the... He asked Qari Abdul Basit, Rahmatullahi Alayhi, that recites the Qur'an. They were communists in that gathering. So Qari Abdul Basit, giving an account of himself, he says that I began to recite the Qur'an. And when I completed the recitation of the Qur'an, he says that I was reciting Surah Taha, the, 50, the first 50 verses of Surah Taha, the same verses which comes in one narration that Umar radiallahu ta'ala and his ears fell upon it. When he was on his way to harm Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he says, I When I lifted my head up, there were about six communists in that room. Each one of them was reduced to tears. Tea of the recitation of the Quran. The president asked them, that, oh people, why are you crying? He said, we don't know what this man read. We don't understand what he recited. But it just happened, we have this magnetic feeling, this effect in our hearts, that we are just reduced to tears. Just reduced to tears. This is the beauty of the Holy Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. If Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam could recite, make the speed, the mountains would echo, the birds would chirp along with him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us that miracle in the form of the Quran. The Quran will not only transform hearts, if this Quran was revealed on a mountain, the mountains will not echo, the mountains would crush down. Would come crushing down. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenges humankind and jinnkind in the Qur'an. If you doubt the Qur'an, produce one chapter like this. If you doubt the Qur'an, produce one verse like it. But it's impossible to do so. Because this, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is unmatched, eloquent, comprehensive yet concise. It's historically accurate. It's precise in prediction. It's accurate in scientific facts. It's divinely protected. It is the speech of Allah. It is superior in law. It is inspirational. It's revolutionary. It's an ocean of knowledge. It's coherent and harmonious. A single person. It is contemporary. It has linguistic excellence. It's amazingly recited. It has captivating repetitive verses. It's a loving miracle. Perfect descriptions, no one's Arabic as its language. It has captivating elegance. And the calligraphy of the Qur'an has stunned 
the world for centuries. It has stunned the world. And these are just a few miracles of the Holy Quran. There are so many more. And we can speak and speak about the beauty and the miracle of the Quran. But the sum total of this entire discussion, it triggers an important question. What is that question? To what extent have I made the Quran that moral compass with which I navigate my life? To what extent have I made this manual, this constitution that Allah has given me, extent have I fulfilled its rights? Today you ask an employee to list the rights of his employer. It's readily available. In fact, you ask a person to list you the rights of their pet. They will tell you the rights of their pet. Today even electronic devices have rights. Until and unless you don't agree to their terms and conditions, then you can't download an application on your phone. Allah gave us this Quran, this living miracle without any rights. Of course it has rights. And we need to, of this living miracle, the speech of Allah, the kalam of Allah, this beautiful book that we see on our masajid shelves, in our homes, it has rights upon us and we need to fulfill its rights. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to do so. So inshallah for the next few minutes, I want to list a few rights of the Quran and give a brief explanation with regard to each right, inshallah however much time. The first right of the Quran is Iman bin Quran. If we accept every verse, every aspect, every command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. That is the first right of the Quran. Iman bil Quran. Sometimes practice on a particular verse because of the circumstance or the situation. For example, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The person who steals, then you should cut off their hands. But we don't have the authority. The circumstances are such that we can't practice on this particular verse, but we wholeheartedly believe in it that this is the divine command of Allah, the divine decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Iman bil Quran. Sometimes due to the content that we hear, view, or the company that we might frequent, the articles that we read, the literature that we come across, certain foreign ideologies and concepts may creep into our hearts which leads to questions, which leads to doubts, which leads to uh, you doubting the Qur'an. Whereas Iman bin Qur'an necessitates that you wholeheartedly accept that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared in the Qur'an. If Allah has declared something as halal, declare it as halal. If He has declared it as haram, then we regard it as haram. And there are many examples that we can list with regard to this. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stipulated a certain amount for an A, that is the amount that that A will receive. Whether it conforms to our understanding or logic or not, Iman bil Qur'an necessitates that that is the command of Allah and that is how it should be executed. The second right of the Qur'an, al-istima'u ila al-Qur'an, to listen to the Qur'an al-Kareem. This is also a great form of ibadah, a great form of ibadah to listen to the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Zumar, فَبَشِّرْ عِبَادِ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلِ Give glad tidings to my slaves. Who? Who are these slaves? Who should we give glad tidings to? الَّذِينَ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلِ Those who listen to the Qur'an al-Kareem. Those who listen to the Qur'an. Allah wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنْصِتُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ Do you want mercy in your life? 
Do you want mercy in your workplace? Do you want mercy in your business? Do you want mercy in so far as your relationship with others is concerned, your family is concerned, your children is concerned? Do you want barakah in your home? Do you want mercy to descend in your home? Then listen to the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, listen to the Qur'an and listen attentively. This is a form of drawing and securing the mercy of Allah. In fact, ulama explained that to recite the Qur'an, this is mustahab, preferable to recite the Qur'an. A great form of ibadah. But when someone is reciting the Qur'an, then it is wajib, compulsory for us to listen, listen with complete focus, complete attention. Our attention should not be diverted anywhere else or upon anyone else. We should be completely focused on the recitation of the Qur'an. That is the right of the Qur'an. Al-istima'u ila al-Qur'an. In fact, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on one occasion, he requested Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu that, oh Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, recite the Qur'an for me. I want to listen to the Qur'an. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, out of the awe of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, oh Rasul of Allah, how can I recite the Qur'an to you when the Qur'an was revealed unto you? She said, no, recite the Qur'an. I want to listen to the Qur'an. He began reciting Surah An-Nisa. The hadith is lengthy. He reached the verse, He said, at that point, I saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's Mubarak face. He became so emotional and he just broke out in tears. So listening to the Qur'an is also a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the second right of the Qur'an. The third right of the Qur'an is tilawatul Qur'an. To recite the Qur'an. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Iqra'u al-Qur'an. Recite the Qur'an. فَإِنَّهُ يَأْتِي يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ شَفِيعًا لِأَصْحَابِ This Qur'an will come as an intercessor for you on the day of Qiyamah. It will come as an intercessor for you on the day of Qiyamah. Imagine your lawyer in the court of Allah is the very speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The very speech of Allah will be your lawyer in the court of Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said hearts become rusted because of sins. Sahaba radiallahu anhum asked him, how do we remove this rust? He said, do two things. Frequently think about death. Frequently think, think about death and mouth. And number two, recite the Quran. This will rid your heart from that rust. And there are many recommendations that the ulama give with regard to how much of Quran you should recite. I will share one recommendation with you. If you are able to recite the Qur'an properly, fluently, with the correct tajweed, applying the laws of tajweed, then at least recite 20 pages of the Qur'an every single day. Every single day you should dedicate to 20 pages of the Qur'an. If you do so, inshallah, around a month, in a month's time, you'll be able to complete a khatam of the Qur'an. But that is not the objective. Objective is not the khatam. But this will sustain you. It will motivate you. It will allow you to progress in your recitation. And it sounds unachievable to read 20 pages. But it's not. Consider the following. The amount of texts that we generally read every single day. Text messages. Emails. Articles. WhatsApp posts. Facebook posts. Twitter tweets. And their likes. And this is just text. Imagine if you have to add to that. Add to that the content that we view. In fact, not 20 pages. 
If you substitute that with the recitation of the Quran, not only 20 pages, inshallah you will be able to recite 200 pages of the Quran. And this is the right that the Quran has in each and every single one of us. My respected elders, brothers and friends, whether we like it or not, this holy Quran is going to have a tremendous impact on our future. It's going to have a tremendous impact with regard to our final destination in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Al-Qur'an hujjatun laka aw alayk. The Qur'an will either be a proof for you on the day of Qiyamah, it will either be a proof for you, or it will be a proof against you on the day of Qiyamah. So we need to fulfill the rights of the Qur'an. Recite the Qur'an. This is a very, very important right of the Qur'an that we need to fulfill and accomplish. The next right of the Qur'an is tadabbur al-Qur'an to ponder deeply and reflect about the message of the Qur'an. If we study the Qur'an, we don't find a verse wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will clearly reprimand you for not having memorized the Qur'an. But we do find verses wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does a hint of a reprimand regarding understanding and pondering deeply about the Qur'an. أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا Will they not wonder over the Qur'an? Will they not read the translation of the Qur'an? Will they not ponder and reflect deeply about the message of the Qur'an? Or do they not wonder? Locks, أَقْفَال Allah uses the plural. So it's either you ponder over the Qur'an, if not, that means you have locks in your heart. May Allah protect us. And subhanAllah, we're not taking any, anything away from this. We have so many kufar. Parents are so uh, enthusiastic, so passionate that my child should become a hafir of the Qur'an. He or she should memorize the Qur'an. And this is something absolutely praiseworthy. And something very, very admirable. We're not taking anything away from this. This is such a gift, a gift that we didn't have a few decades ago. But as Muslims, as believers, we can't stop there. We need to take it further. Just like how we are passionate that my child should memorize the Quran, so too should we be passionate that my child understands the message of the Quran. What is Allah trying to communicate to me? What does Allah want from me? Imagine that feeling you're sitting with the Quran, Allah is speaking to you. When you recite Surah Al-Feel, Surah Al-Quraysh, Ma'oon, Kawthar, Kafirun, Nasr, Lahab, Ikhlas, Falaq Al-Nas, you know exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to tell you. You know exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. So we need to have that same passion that we have with regard to memorization. We need to have the same passion that Allah must give us the tawfiq. That we, we have that passion and we instill that passion in our children. So the next generation can take it a step further. Not only will we, will we be memorizing of the Qur'an, but we will also understand the Qur'an. Every single home should have a child who understands the message of the Qur'an. Every single home has a kafir of the Qur'an. Like that, every single home should have a kafir who not only memorizes the Qur'an, but also understands what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is communicating to them. Because this is the very reason why Qur'an was revealed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kitabun anzallahu ilayka mubarakun liyaddabbaru ayati. We have revealed a blessed book unto you. Liyaddabbaru. 
so that you may ponder, not liyakhfar, you may memorize, liyadabbar, so you ponder deeply about the Qur'an. That is why the Qur'an was revealed. The very reason why the Qur'an was revealed was for us to ponder deeply about the message of the Qur'an. So whatever time you have dedicated to the recitation of the Qur'an, dedicate a few minutes. That same portion that you recited, read a translation, a reliable translation. We have the noble Qur'an, we have Qur'an made easy, we have uh, long commentaries like Ma'arif al-Qur'an, if Allah gives us the tawfiq to read those books, Tafasir, summarized version of Ibn Kathir, rahimahullahu ta'ala, we have Tafsir al-Uthmani. Take a few verses, select a few verses and read. And try and understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling. I promise you, your whole outlook and relationship with the Qur'an will change. It will transform you. It will transform how you think and how you approach life, how you approach people. You will become a living example of the Qur'an. The first right of the Qur'an is Al-Amal Al-Qur'an To make Amal and practice on the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which He mentions in the Qur'an And this is the fruit of what? This is the fruit of contemplation If you have Tadabbur then inshallah this will lead you to Amal If you have contemplation it will lead you to implementation There are so many reports regarding Sahaba radiallahu anhum it is mentioned regarding them that they would learn 10 verses. Memorize them. They would memorize 10 verses. Until and unless they hadn't learned knowledge with regard to those verses. And they hadn't applied it in their life. Then they never moved on to the next 10 verses. Can you imagine? So not every Sahabi was a Hafiz of the Quran. Whatever they learned, they implemented it in their life. That is why we see... Sahaba radiallahu anhum They went from place to place They were scattered around the globe But the Quran that they knew Which they implemented in their life It made them leaders of this ummah It made them From farmers they became generals From Bedouins They became conquerors And leaders How? Because they had Al-Amalu bil-Quran There was a fusion of memorization contemplation and implementation in the lives of Sahaba and they are our example. This might sound harsh, but it's sad to say, unfortunately, that we have thousands and thousands and thousands of Hufar in our country, in the world in fact, but the state of this Ummah has never ever been so fragile. Ulama explained, it is because we haven't brought about contemplation and implementation of the Quran in our life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq. Respected elders and friends, you know someone mentioned so nicely uh, that to recite the Qur'an without understanding the Qur'an, and this is just an example, is like reading a beautiful menu, a very tasty menu in front of you, but you didn't get to taste the dish. A beautiful menu, but you didn't get to taste the dish. So we need to start contemplating over the Qur'an. And inshallah that will lead to implementation. Respected elders and friends, in conclusion, this Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is the solution to our crises and falsehoods that the world is drowning in today. And history testifies that those who wholeheartedly accepted this book and they dived into the ocean of wisdom and knowledge that is in this holy Qur'an, they became from nobodies to somebodies. They became leaders. 
like the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. And if we also want to progress, we need to attach ourselves to the Quran. It will steer us to such a gain, such a gain that we will never ever regret it. My respected elders and friends, every single one of us will issue some sort of problem in our life. Everyone has problems. But few are those who know where to find the solution. The solution is in the Holy Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me, grant you the tawfiq, grant all of us the tawfiq to fully and rightfully fulfill the rights of the Quran. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.